Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to the program. I'm Lee Lonsberry. This is Live Mike. I'm grateful to you for tuning in. We're going to talk about guns here for a second. Uh, and later on in the program, we're going to have a debate here on the show. We're going to be talking to two individuals on two very different sides of an issue. That issue is straight ticket voting. Uh, I described earlier in the program what that means, but very simply, it is on the ballot uh, here in Utah. When you go to vote, you'll see up towards the top on the left-hand side the option to vote for all Republicans or all Democrats. And that, by clicking on that or selecting that option, will automatically cast your ballot for all of the Republicans running for office or all of the Democrats, depending on the choice that you make. Now, uh, there are two very vocal sides to that debate. There are those who make claims about how, well, yeah, if you're voting that way, you're going to miss all of the non-political uh, races that are happening lower down on the ballot. Constitutional amendments, uh, say, or here in Utah, uh, when we vote to uh, confirm judges or reaffirm judges uh, here in the state. That's not a, a political race, and so voting via straight ticket would not uh, cast a vote. You would not have a voice on that issue. Well, on the other side, folks say, well, you know, it's been working out for a while, and here in the state of Utah, about 30% of people, at least uh, in 2016, decided that was the route they were going to take. Uh, in, in Pennsylvania, this debate played out a, a while ago, and one of the points they brought up is, well, if you do away with straight ticket voting, you're taking away one of the options that people have enjoyed and used for some time, and it is going to cause them, require them, to check off a box for each election, even though they already know how they would like to vote on each election and then thus lead to longer lines at the ballot box. I'm not sure if uh, that uh, plays out or if that bears out. But anyway, that's all a debate for later in the program. We're going to speak to uh, Jay Evanson, who is with the Deseret News Editorial Board. Uh, Recently, they put out an opinion piece saying that the time for straight ticket voting has come to an end. Well, there is a House measure uh, right now being considered before the Utah legislature. Uh, HB 70 would do away with the practice here in the state. It passed out of committee uh, just yesterday or the day before. And one of the two uh, individuals who voted against that measure, Brad Dahl, will join us on the program to share with us his position and uh, defend uh, the future of straight ticket voting here in the state. So we'll get into that later on. Right now, uh, guns. I have been following an issue for a while here in the state. We had some guests in studio a little while back, two of the commissioners from Uinta County. They were here uh, in the state's capital attending some meetings up on Capitol Hill. We took advantage of their presence here and invited them to come talk to us about a measure that they have recently passed, uh, an ordinance in Uinta County, which would create the state's first Second Amendment sanctuary county. What does that mean? It means that by ordinance, now in the county of Uinta, it is a crime for law enforcement to enforce laws, state or federal, that infringe upon the Second Amendment, according to the 
county commission or uh, law enforcement. So if if something goes contrary to the Second Amendment in the opinion of the folks out in Uinta County, it is a crime to enforce that law. Now, I asked when we had the uh, commissioners in here what types of laws uh, could possibly fall under that. One of them, one of the examples given were the red flag laws uh, and at the time, there was an effort being forwarded by Representative Steve Handy. And, and you know Steve Handy. We have him here on the program fairly regular. He's a, a voice you hear quite often on KSL News Radio. He had been behind and has been for a number of years behind an effort to enact some red flag legislation here in the state of Utah. Well, it appears that that probably is not going to go anywhere this year. It doesn't look like the representative has the support necessary to uh, even get a vote on that. So if he brings it up in the future it's uncertain uh, but what we do know is that the highest of likelihoods is that red flag laws will not pass the legislature uh, during this session uh, i asked also the commissioners when they were here in studio with me uh, specifically commissioner bill stringer i asked him why it was that he got into uh, the business of creating a second amendment sanctuary here in the state of utah i've lived in northern virginia in in the 1980s lived in Colorado and I have I as when I lived in those places I never thought I would see what is going on in Virginia today and so I don't as I said if Utah were static not a dynamic state I wouldn't be concerned but I don't know if we're one election or five elections away from something that might be similar Virginia, you heard in the news not too long ago, there was a big rally at the state's capital. There was fears that there would be violence. Well, it ended peacefully, uh, and it was attended by uh, hundreds of Second Amendment enthusiasts. I'm looking at some of the images of it right now. You've got uh, individuals with tactical jackets and magazines for their rifles and handguns all in their vests there. There's some reflective gear. This guy has uh, one of those face masks, um, Some a lot of camouflage, uh, a lot of camouflage, a lot of tactical boots, and a lot of tactical headwear. This was a, a good day for those boys to get dressed up in the in uh, in their uh, pretend army outfits. Uh, anyway, I, I shouldn't be flipping. Um, they gathered to let the leadership of the state of the Commonwealth of Virginia know. You like that trivia? Virginia's a Commonwealth, Amy. You got that? Not a state. Commonwealth. Very good. Put that in the file of facts. So uh, they were there to make it known to leadership in the state that they are not supportive of these proposed uh, gun restriction uh, moves uh, that had been championed by the governor and members of the House of Delegates and the Senate. Uh, here in Utah, we call it the House of Representatives. Out there in Virginia, it's called the House of Delegates. Well, that same House of Delegates uh, just moved to pass HB 961. There's a long way to go for this piece of legislation still, but what it would do is essentially uh, what New York State uh, has done and California as well as uh, some other states, which would put a ban on these types of semi-automatic rifles that have pistol grips and are, uh, you know, of uh, AR-15 styling, uh, it would ban them. It does that in a number of ways. And uh, so you heard from the commissioner out in Uinta County uh, what he has done and the other two commissioners, they have voted to change the ordinances there 
in Uinta County to make it a crime to enforce the types of laws that are being passed right now in Virginia. Uh, so it's it's a fascinating thing. And you know that you and I, well, we've spoken about this in the past. When I spoke to the commissioners then, I asked if there had been other commissioners or other county councils here in the state that might be interested in doing what they're doing. Well, not long after that, I sent an email to every single one of the county commissioners I could think of, and I got back uh, dozens of responses. I spent a little bit of time on the program uh, a few weeks ago sharing with you, uh, or I think it was last week, sharing with you the responses I got from the commissioners. Well, I have since then received word from uh, additional counties. I want to share all of that information with you, and I'll do it with you uh, in the next segment. I'm going to walk with you, walk through with you, rather, the responses I've gotten from county commissioners regarding Second Amendment sanctuary legislation, ordinances, or resolutions here in the state. I The, the results have kind of uh, bowled me over. I had no idea that this uh, attitude was so widespread here in the state of Utah. I'll give you the details on this and how it's playing out in counties other than Uinta all across the state of Utah next here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry and this is KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.